Please enjoy your prescribed fiction experience. Hi, I'm Phil. Hi, I'm Mark. And welcome to Organised Fun, the board game podcast, where this time we've got the next chapter in our Kids on Bikes adventure. But as usual, business first. Um, remember last week, Bunty said she remembered playing your neighbour's game. She has clarified that she did enjoy it, so oh, well that's done. nice to know. Thank you. I feel slightly bad for saying that she might have hated it, but she didn't. She enjoyed the neighbour's game, so... What was her favourite bit of it? Oh, well... <laughs> We can get that far. Bunty, if you're listening, what if what you're listening? And if you can remember, what was your favourite? Mark's fishing for compliments here. So if you can remember a specific, that would really make his day. Look, it's like a, you know, it's like a make a wish sort of situation. <laughs> Tell Mark, tell this poor special child something good about his game uh, to make his day. Thanks. Okay, and that's it for the business. So I give you Kids on Bikes, Chapter 7, Saturday Night Bluesburg. Are you sitting comfortably? Then I'll begin. Previously on Kids on Bikes. When we discovered the fire, we put it out very easily. But then we came up with a plan. We reset the fire and faked my death. If they thought they'd won, then we could see what their next move was. I have been keeping this single bit of evidence safe. It is a picture and I believe it shows the identity of the man who set the original fire. Lucien shows you a, a faded picture of someone in a straw hat, dungarees and a check shirt with a petrol can standing next to some fire. Do any of you recognise this person? Yeah, he looks like a, uh, a guy that I've had a few dealings with recently. Bizarrely, um, romantically involved with... Uh, what's the name? Hortense Mondegreen uh, of the Temperance Society. There's another vat, but this one doesn't say Viridian Globe on it. It says Blueberry Brewery, and next to it, there are a number of packs of rat poison. The room is dank and dark. It's bare except for an alcove containing what looks like bones. Drop the act, Hortense says. I know exactly who you are. You and your friends have been snooping around for far too long. Well, you can't stop me now. She pulls a knife from her many skirts. Finally, my time has come. That was the vat that was broken in the riot. Daniel Berry, the fool, threw it out as damaged goods, and I was able to get a smidgen of the beer off that vat. And that's how I recreated the blueberry beer. And is that the beer that you poisoned? You've got me there, my dear. As if to think my stupid nephew believes that spitting in the beer was enough to kill those people. The idiot. At that moment, a gasp comes from behind. Aunt Hortense? Miss Mondegreen warned me that you might be turning up. You meddling snoops. You are not getting down this trapdoor. Nathaniel stumbles backwards, trips over Sean, and tumbles through the trapdoor down the stairs. Dwayne Duke is waiting for you in the mixing room. You guys aren't going to stop what we're up to here. This is my big break. But I sort of put my head down like I've seen the jocks do. I basically headbutt him in the stomach as I run into him, push him over into... He falls against one of the vats and then falls sideways onto the floor, pulling some empty bottles down on top of him. The door opens and Hortense Mondegreen appears. She has Trent Blackwell with her knife to his throat. In no 
Enough! Enough of this! Leave me to my business, or I will slit his throat! Go and sort of bear hug her until someone can get the rope and... Uh, I will go and get the rope. Tie her up. Okay, well, we need to um, get in touch with Deputy Montgomery um, without alerting the sheriff. Well, I can't say I approve of this vigilante behaviour, but thanks, guys. The town of Bluesburg owes you a great debt. You have failed us, Miss Mondegreen. Eclipse does not tolerate failure. It's been a month since the terrible truth of the Temperance Society was uncovered by our heroes. Daniel Berry has been released from jail, Lucien Le Blue is alive, and Blueberry Brewery is open for business once more. Of course, there are some people who are still suspicious. Is it really Lucien Le Blue, or is this some sort of imposter? The town is shocked again at the news of Hortense Mondegreen's suicide in her jail cell, but isn't that her just desserts? The town is moving on, and with the Temperance Society gone, and the new Bluesburg Fun Palace in its place, the townsfolk are just trying to get back to normal. It is an average Saturday evening in Bluesburg. I, guys, what are you doing? Janice, what's your, what's your typical Saturday evening consist of? Um, and we now have a Fun Palace. Yeah. That's where I'm at, the Fun Palace with my friends. Cool. Who are you with? Um, with Melissa. Jerry, uh, what, what's your Saturday evening like? Well, uh, being the socialite that I am, oh no, wait, no. Uh, I'm going to be in the rusty keg Aww. having a drink by myself. Uh, Tyler, what about you? What's your Saturday evening? Um, I probably would be at home, um, reading. Uh, and Sean, what's your Saturday evening? Yeah, I heard something about a palace. The f yes, the fun palace. <laughs> <laughs> the fun palace, okay. Um, I believe I'll be checking that out. It is your typical sort of, it's got a little cinema, it's got an arcade, you know, with uh, coin machines and computer games, the latest video games, uh, air hockey, all that sort of stuff. There might even be a bit of a bowling alley situation going on there. So, uh, Janice and Sean, can you describe Describe the atmosphere. Describe what's going on at the Fun Palace. Uh, lots of screaming. Everyone's way too excited, and you know, we've been deprived of entertainment for so many years. Are you Are you there on your own, Sean? Um, no, probably with another load of British jock. Cool, Janice. What about you? What are you up to at the Fun Palace? <laughs> Tell us about Fiona. Fiona Ryder goes to high school with us, probably the sportier one on the field hockey team. What What are you doing? Are you playing any games? What are you doing? We're at the bowling alley, having a nice evening bowling. What's What's your bowling skill like, Janice? Average. Occasional strike. Sean, what are you playing? Um, I what would a job play? Video games would be too geeky, wouldn't they? Air hockey. And what's what's your skill level? Um, um, so just some of the lads from the basketball team, we all just, you know, uh, came to the arcade together and we're just milling around. Winner stays on. I am I like to think I'm really great at air hockey. In fact, I'm the champion. I'm the best ever. Now, suddenly, Sean, you feel a tap on your shoulder and you turn around to see Father Michael who is the churchly person of Bluesburg, lovingly called Father Treacle by his constituents. <laughs> he is... He's 67. He's in his, you know, dog colour and priest robes, grey hair, wrinkles. Old man, basically. Um... 
Sean, I know it's not your turn, but we're short-handed tonight at the soup kitchen. Can you help us out this evening? Oh, that's a bit awkward because I really don't want to, especially in front of all my mates. But oh, on the other hand, you, my mum would kill me if I... You've always helped us out at the church. Ever since you were small at uh, elementary school, playing in the nativity play <laughs> on stage in your little pants. <laughs> OK, I'm going to agree and hustle him out the door as quickly as I can. <laughs> <laughs> You walk with Father Michael uh, all the way down the road to St. Camille's Church, which is a typical Gothic stone church. It's one of the oldest buildings in Bluesburg, would you believe? Um, now, Sean, we it's well documented that you only signed up to help out at the soup kitchen because of the potential for hotties being there. Can you, yeah. <laughs> um, can you describe the hottie potential of this particular evening at the soup kitchen? Um, is there a, is there a particular well, girl that I mean, you were hoping to work with, or? Um, well, there's the um, um, the mayor's wife, who is a very attractive older lady, probably in her early thirties. <laughs> what's What's the mayor's wife called? I don't think we've met the mayor, have we? Scarlet. Mayo. Scarlet Mayo. That's. <laughs> That's her name. <laughs> um, and I have to ask, Sean, if she's the mayor's wife, what is she doing at the soup kitchen? Is she helping out? Is she just getting some soup? What's she's helping out. She's she's like probably the main organiser. There's, um, you know, the mayor's wife always does a charity and that that's her particular one. Okay. Well, as, as she sees you coming along with Father Michael, she gives you a little wink. Well, hi there, Sean. It's always good to see you helping out. And then she blows you a little kiss. <laughs> I won't say the first thing that came into my head. Oh, no, go on. <laughs> um, I'm going to just macho-ly go, yes, I'm well into charity. Jerry, what's what's the atmosphere down at the Rusty Keg like? Oh, same as usual, very quiet. Um, you know, it's kind of all the, the regulars sort of just in their respective corners, not really interacting. Um, yeah usual kind of quiet Saturday night in Bluesburg. What's your drink of choice? What are you having? Oh, uh, well, you know, you'd be beaten up if you were drinking anything else. Uh, anything other than the, the local local beer. Okay, well you are, you know, trying to just have a quiet night when someone slides into the seat opposite you with a pint of blueberry ale. It's Deputy Montgomery! Uh, Alright, uh, Jerry. Hello, uh, are you having a good evening? Uh, yeah, you know, usual. Quite Saturday. I'm. I'm gonna cut to the chase. I'm. I'm on duty. I don't know why I bought myself a pint. I'm on duty, but <laughs> um, this is kind of strange. But Nathaniel and Dwayne have asked to speak to you. Uh, are they in custody at this point? Or were they in prison? Where they are in. They? they are in prison. They are in the jail cells. Me, me specifically. Why? Well, they uh, saw you as the kind of ringleader, I guess, of the team that took down the Temperance Society. Okay. Um, do you want me to come straight away? Well, I'm glad you've agreed, but I'm afraid there's a complication. Sheriff Blunt isn't allowing any visitors. Okay. Uh, when does he finish the day, evening? Ah, uh, he's on duty the rest of the night. If you want to talk to them, you're go we're going to have to think of a way to either get past the sheriff or get rid of the sheriff. Uh, He'd be mighty mad if he knew I'd oh, come to see you. Uh, I'll tell you what, 
I've got a, a old police radio back in the shack. Um, if you can get yeah, <laughs> uh, get um, Sheriff Blunt out of the way or like away from the cells for a little bit, then maybe I could talk to them over the walkie-talkie over your radio. Oh, that is a clever idea. So I should go back to the police station. Yeah, and I'll head back to my shack. I've got an idea. Right. Could you phone in like a fake emergency to get Sheriff Blunt out the way? I could do that, yeah. Give me about 10 minutes okay. to get back to the station, uh, and then as soon as I see Sheriff Blunt leave, I'll hand one of them. Who would you want to speak to, Nathaniel or Dwayne? They're in different cells. Uh, let's speak to Dwayne. Okay, I'll get the walkie-talkie to Dwayne. Uh, what frequency are you going to be on? 94. 94. Okay, I'll definitely remember that. Frequency 94. <laughs> All right, as I said, give me about 10 minutes. Thanks for doing this, Jerry. Do. I don't know why, but they sounded really desperate. I think this could be important, but they won't talk to me just in case. Sheriff Blunt catches wind of it. Okay. Okay. Deputy Montgomery go <laughs> Deputy Montgomery gets up <laughs> and leaves you to your drink. Tyler, what are you? You're at home doing nothing, reading. Mm. You're at home reading. Suddenly, there is a knock at your door. Hello. You see an eager young man clutching a folder. He introduces himself as Wesley Harper, and he claims to be a huge fan of yours. He's 18, he has glasses and a cardigan, and he's a total nerd. <laughs> oh my god, I'm super stoked that this is your house. I mean, I heard there was a rumour that you lived here, but oh my god, it's actually you. Oh my god, have you finished your book yet? I heard you're writing a book about local town history. I am super into local town history. Can I read a draft? Is it finished yet? Is it published? Oh my god, I would do anything to uh, come hang inside. On, hang on. And is hang it on. true that you and Sean Pellin are building a den at the old brewery? <laughs> because up. that would be super cool to see. Is there any chance that I can come to you again? No, shut up. Slam. <laughs> oh my god, I don't know what happened shut there, but... Up. Slam. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna call the sheriff is there something? shut up. Is there something Slam. wrong with your... <laughs> I think there's a problem with your door. It Leave keeps blowing closed. I don't know. Is it like weighted somehow? Right. I'm or calling the sheriff. But I'm your biggest fan. Go away. Everyone knows that you were the one that helped take down the Temperance Society. And I want to be an investigator like you when I grow <laughs> up. And I want to help research things for your book. Right. And it would be so cool. And I could be your little sidekick. And no, we could... I'm calling the sheriff. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll leave. Just don't don't call the sheriff. But can we hang Hello. out sometime? <laughs> Police station. Oh, what's going on there? I, I've got somebody outside that won't leave me alone, this kid. <laughs> um, what, what <laughs> and is... he keeps knocking on my door, he's trying to get in. What's the nature of the disturbance, sir? Um, oh, what's the word? Um, nuisance. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a nuisance caller. <sighs> well, okay. Can you just get rid of him. I'll send Deputy Montgomery. This is far too not important enough <laughs> for me, the sheriff. So, okay, we'll have someone with you as soon as possible. Good. Okay, bye. Otherwise, I'll shoot him. <laughs> um, I can assure you, sir, that that would be a felony. I'll get down here, quick, then. <laughs> right, I've got my gun. I'm showing him through the window. Um, you wait for a minute. Deputy Montgomery arrives in his police car after obviously having been radioed by the sheriff. Um, what what seems to be the problem here, Mr. Floorquest? Uh, I've got this kit. Is he still there? There's no one outside. Oh, well, there was this kid that kept banging on my door and wouldn't let me alone. Did he give you his name? Um, I can't remember. I wasn't really listening to him. <laughs> well, there's not really much I can do to help you. Okay. Um, well, I hadn't seen him around here before. If he comes back, can 
you just give us a call? Yeah. Okay, thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. Deputy Montgomery leaves. Back to you, Jerry. I think I think about ten minutes will have passed in that in that time. So okay. Uh, well, I probably will have stopped the payphone on the you know between the rusty keg and where the shack is. Um, um, probably just before the, the bridge over into the forest. Um, and then just uh, again nine one one. Bluesburg Police Department. How, what's what's your emergency? <laughs> I'm being attacked by a strange man. Just calm down, ma'am. What's your location? Uh, I'm uh, by the uh, old blueberry brewery. That's nice and far away out of town, ma'am. How? What are you doing up there? I was going for a stroll. I've been attacked by a strange man. Oh, help me. <laughs> Where's the man now? Is he Is he just letting you make a phone call? <laughs> Okay, well, I'll be out there. My, my deputy is on another call at the moment, so I'll be out there right myself. Stay by the phone if you can. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> uh, Sheriff Blunt hangs up the phone. A few moments later, your police radio crackles on channel 94. I'm um, Jerry uh, here. Over. Oh, Jerry, thanks for speaking to me. It's Dwayne Duke here. You may remember me from... I was the guardian of the bottling room in that final boss fight that we had. Yes, I remember, Dwayne. I've got a warning for you. Hortense Mondegreen didn't kill herself. Right. She, she was, is dead. She is dead. I saw, them take um, the, I saw them take the body out myself. But the Temperance Society, that whole thing, she was working for someone else. I never found out who it was, but that person isn't happy. I, you know... Look, I messed up getting involved with Hortense and the Temperance Society, okay? I know I did wrong. I'm not looking for forgiveness, but whoever Hortense was working for, I got a feeling that they're hunting people down. Anyone that knew about it or anybody that got involved, some sort of vengeance might be coming their way. Intriguing. Did anyone, oh, does anyone other than the, the police have access to the cells or... Is there any way that anyone could have got to Hortense, do you think? All I know is that the sheriff and the deputy are the only ones with keys to the cells. We went to bed as normal, and then when we woke up, she was dead. But they're all saying that she hung herself. I never saw no rope or nothing. Okay, Thanks, Dwayne. Thanks. All right, I best go before I get caught with this radio. Over and out. Over. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Jerry? Well... So it turns out that Hortense wasn't on top of the pile. Um, someone else is, you know, running the show from higher up, um, clearing up loose ends. Well, the sheriff, we sort of had our suspicions about the sheriff anyway. Um, and if it's only him and the deputy that have access, easy access to the cells, not doing him any favours. Um, and deputy seems sound enough. Hmm, intriguing. How's, how's your evening going, Janice? It's going well. Sandy and Trent stand up after a little while. How's Sandy doing? She's doing alright. She's, yeah, Sandy's, Sandy's happy. She'll head over heels for Trent Blanc while the best thing. Are you still bowling or have you moved on to something different? We're just finishing up bowling. Well, most of us are bowling. As you're waiting for the next game to begin, you see a suited woman moving about the, the rows of games. She seems, you know, she spends a few minutes at each, you know, looking over each person's shoulder and she moves on, except some of them she pauses at and she seems to hand them a business card. That's a bit odd. Hi, Sean. Hi. After a few hopeless, homeless uh, have had some soup, Howie Stone appears. What's your immediate thoughts? Uh, <laughs> that he's hungry? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, as he approaches, you notice he looks a bit different than usual. A bit smarter, a little bit cleaner, almost. He rocks up to the uh, soup counter table area. <clears throat> Hello there, chaps. I've just come to thank you for helping me out all those times. He drops a roll of cash into Father Michael's hand. Oh, um, right. This is just to repay you for all the kindnesses that you've shown me in my darker moments, giving me soup when I was pissed out of my tree. Okay, I'm going to... How far away am I from this? You're on the other side of the soup counter. Okay. With Father so Treacle. I'm going to go stop Howie and just insert myself in that conversation. Hello there, Sean. Good to see you helping out and doing your bit for charitable works and such. Make sure Father Treacle gives you a, a, a $20 note from that bundle I just gave him as a reward for your good works. I'll be off now then unless anyone has any questions for me. <laughs> Wait, Howie. <laughs> yes, my dear boy. What? <laughs> Howie, you look not pissed. <laughs> well, I'm glad you've noticed. Um, <laughs> I've had a change of fortune, you see, and I've sorted myself out. I've even got a job working at the Budget Mart. I think this could be the end of my days being a mindless fuckwit in the gutters and I'm turning my life around. Oh, I mean, I was going to accuse you of sounding like Mary Poppins, but she wouldn't use the word fuckwit. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm just... Howie, what, what was your change in fortune? Well, would you believe... No. <laughs> ...that um, I just just had a run of good luck, that's all. Anyway, best be going now. Ta-ta! and Howie Stone leaves. Okay, I'm going to look round at Father Treacle and go... Please don't call me that, Sean. <laughs> it diminishes my position of authority amongst the churchgoers. <laughs> sure. Uh, did that just happen? Was that Howie? It certainly did appear to be, um, Mr Stone, yes. Uh, I'm glad for him. It's always good to see one of the flock being rewarded in such a way. Yeah. When was he last here? Well, I remember Spoon feeding him soup just the other night while he pissed himself against the gravestones. Right, right. Actually, um, I could, some of those could do with a bit of a mopping down, I believe. So it'd be, oh, a, I busy that. be a good Sorry. chap <laughs> and help out. Um, Scarlet Mayo might be persuaded to help you, I suppose, if you wanted to take her for a stroll amongst the tombs. Um, yeah, sure. I'm just going to finish here first. As, as you I'm like, my boy. Him, I have no intention of ever leaving this position. There's only another hour to go before um, before we have to close anyway, so not long. Um, yeah, what are your initial thoughts about this encounter with Howie then, Sean? Well, my initial thoughts are that he's been replaced by an alien. Because that wasn't that wasn't just a cleaning him up a bit. That was a whole personality transplant. I can't remember Uncle Howie ever looking clean. No, he also didn't smell this time round. So, oh, that's not the man. Did he maybe have an identical twin that nobody knew about? Gonna have to ask my dad about that. 
What are you doing now, Tyler? Um, head out <laughs> to the library first thing tomorrow and try and find out about this kid. Okay. But nothing immediately right now. When you're just on your way to a different room, you notice that a note has been pushed under your door. Oh, what does it say? It says, Oh my God, I can't believe you called the police. I wasn't causing any trouble. I was just trying to talk to you because I'm your biggest fan and I really want to read the rough notes for your book. I really think I could be helpful at helping you research stuff for your book about local history because I'm really interested uh, in local history. Oh, hang on, this is a very long note. Um, well, I don't want anyone helping me with my book, so Why? I'm going to put that note in the bin oh, because I'm paranoid and superstitious. Fine. I think he's trying to steal my ideas. Back at the Fun Palace with Janice. This mysterious lady uh, is getting closer and closer and eventually she comes up and she peers over at your bowling scorecards. Oh, looks like Sandy didn't have a very good game. Which one of you all is Sandy? Are you always this bad at bowling, my dear? Um, yes, I suck. <laughs> Why don't you come with me, sweetheart, and uh, we'll see if we can uh, give you a change of fortunes. She puts her arm around Sandy Petrison and leads her off away. Bizarre. Without another word, Sandy doesn't even say goodbye to Trent. Weird. What's your, <laughs> what's your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was going on. I think that's very dark. A little creepy. I'm going to... Suddenly, the tannoy goes bing bong. Bing bong. The Bluesburg Fun Palace is about to close. Please make your way to the exits. Have a good night, y'all. All the lights come up and people begin moving to the exits of the Fun Palace. Time to leave, Janice. I'm happy to leave. Instead of going straight to the door, I'm going to try and follow. Can you test your brains, please? Okay, you you managed to avoid detection, uh, sneaking past, you know, avoiding some staff members, etc. And you get to the door at the back, but you find it locked. Test your brains again. Seven. You see a key, a bunch of keys has been left on the popcorn counter within view. Just as you Big get to the counter, an employee dressed in a red and white stripy apron pops back up after having just unlocked loaded some popcorn supplies in the cupboard. Oh, almost forgot my keys. Good night, little lady. And then he takes the keys before you can rescue them. By now, the Fun Palace is looking pretty empty and staff are starting to, you know, sweep up and do all that sort of stuff. It's unlikely you'll be able to hide from them tonight. I mean, you could try your charms out on the popcorn employee if you wanted. Yeah, I'll give that a try. Oh, hey there, darling. Did you forget something? Yeah, I, I was supposed to meet my friends. Rogers out the back. Um, so Steve the Rogers, like off. Captain America? <laughs> I know, it's really funny, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I'd love to meet Captain America. He sure is swell. I really wish it were him. Sadly, sadly not. He gets it all the time. He kind of gets a bit pissed. Oh, I can but imagine. Then, anyway, yeah, it he... looks like everyone's cleared out here, so I guess he's not coming or you missed him. We were going to meet out the back, but the, the door's locked. Could you let me out the back? Oh, I'm sorry, we don't just let El Publicos around the back. Yeah. If you, if you were, if you were gonna, gonna, if you were gonna meet my... Steve round the back, maybe he's like literally outside round the back. Yeah, could you get there? Or... Yeah, so you, <laughs> you, you, out the door and shut it. you just go out the front door and you walk all the way around the building until you get to the back. Such a long time and it's cold. <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> Let me out the back door. I'm just gonna have a little lean back and uh, shuffle my chest a little bit. <laughs> Oh my, oh my goodness me. 
Um, can you test your charm, please? Oh, um, I appreciate the offer, but um, you're a little flat-chested for my liking. Candy <laughs> plan, I'd like to knee him in the bollocks. <laughs> there's, there's a popcorn counter in the way. That's true. Now, if that'll be all, I suggest you leave. I knock over a tub of popcorn left on the thing. Way out. Oh, God damn it. He, he bends down and starts picking up the popcorn as you leave. Outside, you see Sandy Petrison. Oh, hey, Janice. Hi, Sandy. What was that all about? Oh, she just saw I wasn't doing very well at the games, so she gave me a load of free games tickets. Look. She waves some free games tickets in your face. She said, I could, she said I could come back anytime I wanted and, uh, and improve my skills and get better. She said I could have a real change of fortune. Oh, that's cool. Did you see which way Trent went? No, sorry. I, I had to nip to the loo. I he ran off, sorry. Oh, gosh darn it. Okay, well, I'll see you. What is it? Saturday. I'll see you at school on Monday. Yeah, bye, Sandy. Bye. Sandy leaves. Not much else for me to do, so I'm going to head home. That just leaves Sean at the end of the soup kitchen session. Now, you know, you've you've fed the homeless, you've managed to avoid um, cleaning up the piss off the off the gravestones, and, and everything's dying down. Father Treacle has um, you know, bid you a good night and he's gone into the church. That's where he lives. They live in the church. Yeah, he sleeps there in the church. And it just leaves you and Scarlet Mayo collecting your things. Well, Sean, I uh, could give you a ride home if you wanted. Uh, yeah, sure, thanks. Where is it you live again, sweetie? Um, at the back of the school. Oh, yeah. All right, why don't you just get in my Which station wagon? You get in my station wagon and uh, I'll be along in a moment. Right, will do. <laughs> <laughs> um, she, she returns, she gets in the car a moment later and she starts to drive you home. But halfway on the way, instead of grabbing the gear stick, Sean, she touches your knee. Oh, my mistake. I'm sorry. I thought I was reaching for the gear stick. You don't mind, do you, sugar? <laughs> no, it's an honest mistake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad about that. Look, if you see my husband, Mayo, Mayo <laughs> you won't say nothing, will you, sweetie pie? Uh, no, it's our little secret. <laughs> well, I'm mighty thankful for that. Now... Here we are at your house at the back of the school, like you said. Good night now. She waves coquettishly. I'm going to try and get out of the car in a macho way. As you're about to walk up the the path to your front door, you hear a rustling in the bushes around the side of your house. Um, I'm going to assume it. Oh, they have raccoons in America, don't they? They do. Do they? They do. <laughs> I'm going to assume it's one of them. I'm going to go and chase it off. You you go around, but you're surprised to see a figure lying face down in the undergrowth. Okay, I'm going to... Oh, Dad, get up and nudge it with my foot. <laughs> you nudge it and it rolls over, but it's not your dad. It's Howie Stone. Hey, what the, what the hell's going on? What are you waking me up for? Get out of my house! He's wearing the same clothes that you saw him in earlier, but he appears to be surrounded by empty beer bottles. Okay, so not his own identical twin then um where the hell am i what's going on are you that kid that was gonna get me that beer that time and then never did <laughs> i just bought you a beer look at all the bottles oh yeah cheers kid <laughs> now get out of my house i'm trying to sleep <laughs> um right do you where does howie live fuck no did near we me i think just, if it's near i'll walk him home and if it's quite far away i'm less inclined yeah it's like it's the other side of the school it's back towards town near the sheriff's station um oh like 
how much of a good person am I? It's kind of late. Yeah, how heavy is Howie? You you give him a nudge, but you notice he's already fast asleep again. How warm is it out? Um, it's cold. Ah, uh, right. In that case, I'm going to go and open the front door yeah. and I'm going to drag Howie inside and dump him on the sofa in the recovery position. That's nice. <laughs> um, just, just for fun, can you test your brawn, please? <laughs> I can. That would be a 12 plus 1. You managed to get uh, Howie up the front steps with only minor minor bumps and bruises. You deposit him on the couch and you head off to bed. To be continued.